Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am your host today, TJ Van Toll, and with me on the panel, I have Paige Niedringhaus. Hey, everyone. And Jack Harrington. Hey, everybody. And our special guest today, we have Raphael. Raphael, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell people your full name, first of all, because we're having trouble pronouncing it, uh, and also a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, why you're famous, all those good sorts of things. <laughs> hey, what's up, Ben? Uh, yes, uh, my full name is Uluwashiong uh, Raphael Afolayan. Okay, um, I'm a software engineer. I've been doing React Native for, for close to four years now. Before that, I've done Ionic and used to call myself a full stack developer. Um, yes, I, I did full stack using mini Laravel. Um, my backend stack and UJS on the front end before I moved on to uh, Ionic as a mobile developer. And uh, after using Ionic for about six six months to a year, I I, I knew how to find something better. So um, I discovered this, this shiny framework called React Native. I built a test project with it and I've not gone back ever since. Awesome. So there are a number of things that we could dive into there, different different frameworks, a bunch of different stuff. I know the what we wanted to, to talk about a little bit just to kick things off is you also have some experience with React Native and Firebase. So Ooh. why don't we why don't we start there and then we can move on to Ionic and some other stuff. So maybe you could start by just telling people um, for reader for listeners that don't know what what is Firebase, uh, you know, why you sort of got involved using it, what it does, those sorts of things to kick us off. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Firebase is um, a backend architecture by Google that um, gives you the power of a backend developer without having to know so much about backend developments itself. So with, with Firebase, you can um, build projects from the ground up using already existing architecture. For example, there's databases, there's push notifications, there's so much more that Firebase offers you as a developer that um, you, you would have to do maybe in, um, in, in months using a package framework like Laravel, Python, even Node.js that Firebase already provides for you that you can just tap into and uh, Get, get stuff running quickly. So what kind of services does Firebase handle for us? Does it, it handles... Yeah, so... Um, and... Yeah, there's, 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 there's so many things um, that, that Firebase provides. The most popular is authentication, um, which which I mean has, has helped me a lot quite recently in some of the projects that I've worked on. With, with Firebase, we have... We have Authentication built in already. Um, you, you've got um, real time databases that lets you build things like um, maps, navigational tools, or ideas of what. And in addition to that, we have the very popular Firestore database. It's uh, it's it's um, SQL or or um, MongoDB on steroids. I mean that, that that's how I I like to term it. Um, apart from that, you've got um, Firebase Analytics, which of course is really just cool analytics and lets you, you know, monitor uh, events and you know, usage of your product. In addition to that, there's uh, there's there's Firebase tools that lets you deploy mobile and um, 
web projects. We have Firebase hosting. We have Firebase storage as well, which is something that I've really um, come to enjoy. It's um, it's a quick um, S3, S3 bucket or so, but using the same Firebase architecture that, that you have. There's like so much more, but, but yeah, those those are the main tools that um, that I use in my day to day activities as a developer. Gotcha. So what what brought you to Firebase? Like why? What sort of things are you building? Uh, why did you pick it? Because um, there's also other tools that that do this sort of thing as well. So I'm curious, like what about Firebase that made you think it was the best pick for what you're building? Yes. So um, this this would be my main project at the moment. Uh, it's called mytherapist.ng. Um, it's uh, it's a therapy app that I've, I've been working on for over a year now. Um, that that lets you book a therapist from the comfort of your phone. You can book a therapist, talk to your therapist via video, voice, and text chat. And um, with with the Part where you get to text a therapist, I did not want to spend so much time reading that because there were so many things to focus on. And I had alternatives, of course. Um, I had um, libraries and I had, um, what do I call them again? I had um, boilerplates that, that I could type, tap into. There was stream chats, there was um, Agora text, SMS, and everything that. I could easily use, but I found out that the cost of getting started with some of these third-party texts or, or chatting tools was not something I was ready to, to start bearing at the moment. I wanted something that was free that I could mm-hmm. easily get up and running with. And uh, I came across Firebase as a way to quickly read the chat app. So, I mean, if, if you Google React Native or React chat app, most of the documentation and tutorials that you find, you use Firebase. And I thought, why, 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 you know, why, why go so far when there's something already existing that I can tap into? So I looked at the Firebase docs, it seemed really easy to, to, to use. And um, there was there was the the um, thought of something that was also real-time. I did not want to have to build a WebRTC um, you know, system on my own. And Firebase real-time database provided trust what I needed. So yeah, I I gave it a spin and I was able to get something up in about two, three hours. Yes, it's 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 not needed any maintenance or anything of the sort since then. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but is it is Firebase a Google tool or is somebody else the creator of it? Um so from 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 my knowledge, um, it was built by some guys. I I cannot uh, um, tell you their names right now, but it was actually bought by by Google like 2013 or 2014. Got it. Okay. That's awesome. So you said that you were creating a therapy app. Um how did you how did you decide that that was something that you wanted to build or that you needed to build for your community? Uh yes. So um during during COVID there was this um this really strong need for people to begin to take care of their mental health. There were so many people going through depression. I lost a family member and there was so much going on regarding my mental health personally. I had friends that were in horrible positions because of the pandemic. 
And um, immediately after the, the pandemic, we had um, a very popular event that happened in Nigeria. Um, it was a riot um, against police, police brutality. Um, it happened, I think, around the same time as the Black Lives Matter protest. Yeah. And um, there were so many people that were depressed, so many people that were going through day to day anxiety, including myself, as a result of those two events. And um, I, 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 of course, um, tried to look for help. I tried to reach out to therapists that, um, that I knew would be around me. But there was this, this problem of access. I, I had to know somebody who could recommend a therapist to me. There was no way I could go to search for a therapist and talk to a therapist. Um, there's, there's something in, in the U.S. called BetterHelp that I tried to use, but, you know, it's, it's really hard talking to someone who doesn't understand what's going on in my country. So I thought of building a directory where anybody could just go to and, uh, check out for a therapist that, 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 that um, meets their needs in terms of maybe race, uh, ethnicity, and so many things. And I enlisted the help of a few friends of mine who were also engineers and designers, and they loved the idea. It was something that they wanted to contribute to as well. So um, we got started, I think, in late 2020. We, we did the branding and everything for the, for the project, but uh, there was the problem of funding to actually get it to scale because there was a lot of work that needed to be done. Um, not 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 even on the, on the tech side because I had that covered already. But um, in terms of um, branding, in terms of reaching out to therapists, in terms of finding these people and creating this sort of marketplace where everybody could just go to. So um, mm-hmm. the project didn't kickstart until um, late 2021, where I met my my co-founder, who coincidentally uh, was my therapist. So I met her. Charlie, when you're using that's it. So um, there's the, that's good though, uh, though to have the, somebody who's in the field, right? Reaction. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're you're handling the tech; they're handling the the brain therapy. tech, <laughs> the therapy tech, exactly. Raphael, we we lost you there for a second, um, but you were talking about scaling, and we were talking about concurrent connections, um, and you were getting ready to tell us some other things that were some struggles or some challenges as you were scaling up. So maybe you could just uh, continue or kick off there with some of the other challenges with scaling you've ran into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. So um, fortunately, um, I, I would say Firebase um, helps or handles scaling really well. As, um, but, but on the, on the end of the developer, there's, I think, a bit of optimization that we especially had, had to do to make sure that we weren't overusing resources. Um, although Firebase, you know, um, allowed us to create a pay-as-you-use basis, so we're only paying for um, number one number of concrete connections that we had. We were paying for, um, in terms of data downloaded, especially from the Fire, from the database, we were paying for that. Um, but we had to make sure that we did our part to reduce expenses, even as much as Firebase was really generous. So, um, for example, the, um, the, the, the Firebase free plan allows up to 200 concurrent connections 
you also have about um, 10 gigabytes of data per month that you can easily you know, transfer between um, end users. And um, we were using up the, the data um, connection limits pretty quickly. So we had to, I mean, do a lot of things. We had to make sure that we were uh, catching data as it was coming from, from the database so that we didn't, you know, um, overuse so many resources. But yes, um, other than that, I would say Firebase um, and Azure and scaling really well. I'm curious, have you done, like, have you mapped out the like future growth patterns? Because I, I always struggle with any of these sort of cloud services. Like, do you have an idea of what your cost will be like when you hit 10,000 users, 100,000 users? Have you planned out like how much you think that's going to cost and how you're going to handle that? Uh, or what's what's your thoughts around all of that? Uh, yes. So um, with, with, with um, regards to cost, that, that's something that I haven't really thought of much, actually. Um, but I know that um, so far, we, we've only had to worry about um, not even concurrent connections now. We've only about had to worry about um, data transfer between Firebase and our users. And um, we, we've, again, been able to shrink that that uh, it's 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 almost free right now. But um, when when we get to maybe ten thousand users, which I believe we should get to by the end of, um, of next quarter, I believe that our expenses should not maybe go past ten ten twenty dollars a month. Did you say ten or twenty dollars a month, or were there some 10, zeros there? Right? Ten twenty dollars a month. Right now, it's like virtually zero. It's like virtually zero. We 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 almost spent our first dollar on Firebase. Uh, Last month, but we had to, you know, um, do do our part to make sure that we minimize data sent and data downloaded. Yeah, but okay, I mean, yeah. Wow, that actually sounds very reasonable. Yeah, that's <laughs> not bad at all. We could move our users over to to Firebase. <laughs> <laughs> um, Raphael, are there any other challenges that, like, especially we have a lot of just straight web developers that haven't toyed with a native app at all. Are there any challenges you've hit on mobile that you would want to let people know? We have any of our listeners that are curious about building a, an iOS or Android app, like what are some things you hit that have been rough edges or really kept you up at night? Yeah, the transition from React, straight React to React Native. Um. Yes, I would. I would say um, the Expo team is really doing so much in that context. Mm-hmm. It's really, really easy to port from React onto React Native, and um, with with the latest versions of React Native now, it's it's even easier for native developers to build the web as well. As React Native web, especially using Expo, um, the new Expo router by um, by the Expo team is is really something that I've um, enjoyed using over the past few weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's feeling better, but um, it's I mean, it is like so easy with 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 Expo. You do not even need to follow the um, the tedious um, Expo setup and everything. You only need to set up a React Native project using Expo, of course, 
and everything is handled for you by, by the export team. So you would recommend that to anybody who's looking to get started with React Native is to use the Expo. Uh, is it a framework, I guess, or a library? Uh, it's. I would say it's a framework. I mean, there's 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 this big data. So what framework is and what library is, but Expo itself is a set of tools that I mean they they they've like made it so easy compared to how it was last year and a few years ago to build a mobile app. Compared to, to you know to um to to doing it from React Native from scratch. Cool. Well, Raphael, are there any other things we've missed related to to Firebase or React Native or anything else you think our our listeners should be aware of? You'd want to any advice you'd want to pass along? Uh yes. My <laughs> I mean I I tell tell this to every React Native member that um, that asks me for. In, in starting out, and I always tell them to not do React Native from scratch because the the amount of time that you spend getting set up number one is so expensive, and there are like so many issues that you run into in terms of package compatibility, in terms of uh, updates and, and and all of that. So I mean I, I tell everybody to always make sure that they use export first of all. Um if if you want to go fast, if you want to go fast and you want to avoid as many changes as you can, you should just just start with expo. Because um in in terms of providing in-app updates, there's like so much that expo offers to reacting to developers now that it's I mean it's it's only going to be somebody who wants to touch out themselves that will go go on to you. To, to react native uh, from scratch. Excellent. This has been a lot of fun to chat about. Uh, why don't we move into our picks? So it's a segment where we just pick something fun from tech or from our lives in general. And Paige, do you want to kick us off with picks today? Sure. Uh, I'm going to pick something that we may have picked in a previous season, but the the final season, well, I think it's the final season of the Star Trek Picard uh, just wrapped oh, yeah. up pretty recently. Yeah, yeah, I saw you tweeting about that on Twitter, Jack. <laughs> but if you're, even if you're not really into the sci-fi Star Trek universe, um, they just wrapped up their third season of it. Jean-Luc Picard, who's played by Sir Patrick Stewart, who is just a fantastic actor does a great job. And if you are into the Star Trek universe, you're going to see all these characters from Next Generation and Enterprise. And uh, I don't think Deep Space Nine comes in there, but there's a whole slew of cameos by people from previous shows. And it's it's great. Um, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Great last season. Brought tears to my eyes. So if you're looking for something that's really going to you know, grip you and warm your heart and give you a massive blast of nostalgia if you've watched previous <laughs> Star Treks, then I would definitely say check it out. Uh, Picard, really, really good. It was definitely a nostalgia fest. <laughs> uh, Jack, what picks do you have? Sure. Uh, I just went down to California, go see my kid, and I took along an Insta360 X3 camera it's you know about the size of i don't know 
half a pack of playing cards or something. It's a cute little camera. It takes 360 photo uh, video. So you can basically just throw it anywhere, put it on a selfie stick and get all these crazy angles. And we went to uh, the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk and, and just did the rides and stuff. And I had this, this thing and it was great. And we had these awesome uh, videos of going down like the, the flume and being on a oh, roller fun. coaster and stuff. And my wife's like, great, I'll never have to ride one of these things ever again. Now you can just, you know, like show me the video. And it's just really fun. So if you, if you want to do some sort of like travel vlogging or just have a lot of fun like with a camera, I think it's just a really great little gadget. Now I don't think it's that expensive. So yeah, it's, it's fun. Which, nice. which one? I've, I've seen these things before. Um, I'm on their website. Is You said, is was it the X3? It's the said? X3. It's the most recent one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen people. They're shockingly tiny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for... right. They're little action cameras and they're fully waterproof and stuff. So you can like dip them in the water and then yank them back out again and get a kind of cool like effect like that. And you can see all these, like there's awesome things on YouTube of folks doing just crazy, crazy stuff with it. So if you like, if you, if you have some sort of action thing in your life, like you do skateboarding or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, it's great for that kind of thing. Or so if you go visit GoPro. a place. Yeah. Yeah. A, a GoPro, but like full 360 and crazy cool. effects and stuff. Yeah. Nice. Fun. Uh, my pick for this week is going to be a camping chair, actually. Um, so I've been, it's springtime here. So I've been at a lot of soccer games. And oh, yeah. this was, it, it's one of those things where one parent bought one of these camping chairs and everybody else saw it. And then eventually it spread to the whole team because everybody <laughs> loved it. Uh, but it is a GCI uh, camping chair that is, I think, a Dick's exclusive brand. Uh, and it's a rocker. So it's like just your standard oh, no way. standard wow. sort of chair. Stop but it has like it. a piston built into the back where you can rock on this thing. Uh, and it's a little more pricey, right? It's like a $70, $80 chair, right? But if you do any serious amount of sitting around, whether it's camping or at sporting events oh, or yeah. if you're there with the kids, That's whatever, cool. oh, yeah. it's, it's worth the money. Um, they're incredibly good. So if you have a Dix near you, Try them out in the store because there's a couple different models too, depending on how high you want them. The, the technology here, they have like um, the one we have has a thing built in for a cell phone, like a slot, so you can slot a <laughs> cell phone into it. It's just so silly and stupid, but it's uh, this is but it's also like really the, fun. Yeah, the, the 360 on like one of these massive like eight foot boom poles. You, know, you just like keep it over the kids, and now you can get like, yeah, and you're rocking, and sitting back and rocking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right there, you yeah. Go. You I record got the, the kids. Don't you're, worry. You're you're I watching Star Wars Picard. You're watching Star Trek Picard on your phone. <laughs> yeah, like you're exactly. Yes. getting all you're, the memberries. You got the life. Yeah, <laughs> but in order to put the the thing down, you got to do that Jason Momoa trick of like kind of. And you know, have you ever seen that? That oh yeah, the yeah. one handed just right, the one handed open thing. It up. Like it just like looks oh, so amazing. Yeah. You know, as you do yeah. like going to the soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool. Yeah, you can be the fanciest soccer soccer parent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, we we have lost our guest. Raphael <laughs> has has left. Uh, I also have no idea how he <laughs> he's left a couple times during this recording. So I'm not sure how this this turned out. Um, but Raphael is on Twitter. He is uh, the T H E A F 
O L A Y A N on Twitter. If you want to reach out to him, I, it was a pretty fun chat. I, yeah. I, I, had, I had fun. So, um, be interesting to see. I wish him the best with his app. I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Sounds like a really, a really useful one too. Cause I yeah, know a lot and- of people struggled during the pandemic and even afterwards. So the more we can help people with mental health, the better. Big time. Good stuff. Well, thanks everybody for joining and see you all next week. Yeah. See you then. See you guys.